Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2904, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee-Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. Welcome to this episode of From the Runway Up. Today, we are going to continue our discussion about the impacts of COVID-19 on operations at McGee-Tyson Airport, and we're going to focus on two specific areas, air service, as well as we're going to talk about cargo, because believe it or not, cargo is really something that's really changed a whole lot, too. Joining us today is Jim Evans, Vice President of Air Service Development and Marketing. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to our podcast. Well, whenever I'm available, it's always my pleasure to stop by and check in on the podcast. So thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. And this episode's a little different. We are recording all six feet away. So we are social distancing during this episode. It's something different every time. And we do appreciate our listeners who have seen that there have been gaps in recording. And that's primarily due to the fact, again, that we are doing staggering schedules and trying to do our best, if not overboard, in compliance with all CDC guidelines for anything that we do here at the airport. And if you haven't listen to our special edition, most recent episode about how we are dealing with COVID-19 here at Miggy Tyson Airport. Highly recommend that you do that before listening to this one. It'll help make sense. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So Jim, thank you for joining us today. And we are excited to hear more about what's going on with air service. How has it changed since March 12th when Miggy Tyson Airport reported its first case coming through the airport? No, we we went from record-breaking traffic to the good, all the way to record-breaking traffic to the bad almost overnight, as did pretty much every other airport in the country. People just quit flying. Both business travelers and vacation travelers just stopped flying right after spring break this year. So as you said, March 12th, March 13th is when things really hit our airport The first half of March was incredibly busy. Probably we handled more people during that two-week period of March than any other March uh, in our history. And it quickly just went to zero, virtually zero overnight. So, And we've been down ever since. Now, as we record this, we're starting to come out of it. We're seeing more and more people in the terminal building. Uh, Airlines are uh, adding more flights back into our schedule, so we're trending back up again. But it's uh, nowhere near where we would have been had the uh, COVID-19 crisis not have, um, have hit us the way it did. Well, and you mentioned that the number of passengers we've seen has decreased. So have the amount of flights that we're seeing every day, right? Yes. The airlines quickly began canceling flights. And if anyone has driven past the airport on Alcoa Highway... Uh, You may have noticed a bunch of airplanes have been parked on one of our closed runways for going on two months now. We have roughly 50 airplanes that the airlines have taken out of service due to lack of demand. So as a sort of an airport or an airplane uh, geek, it's kind of cool to see all those airplanes sitting out there. But at the same time, it's incredibly sad because that's not what airplanes are supposed to be doing. So 
you know, we've seen a massive reduction in the number of available flights that we've had, and that is directly because of the lack of passenger demand. You know, airlines uh, generally don't like to fly empty airplanes around. And as they have looked at their advanced bookings this spring, you know, there are several flights a day that would have zero passengers booked. So the airline would just cancel the flight. So the trend is probably going to continue into late June or into July. We, we see some significant growth from our legacy carriers like Delta, American, and United starting in July. But, um, you know, until then, we're seeing some growth from our low fare guys, from Allegiant and from Frontier. You know, they're slowly adding flights back in, and uh, we're encouraged that we're, we're going up again. We're no longer going down. But it has been a, a very unusual period here at McGee-Tyson Airport and at every other airport in the country. Well, and I recently read an article, and I believe it was in Time Magazine, about how there's really nothing to compare what we're going through as an industry right now to previous operational histories. You know, the the closest thing that you could compare it to possibly would be the the following days after 9-11, but that was three or four days of shutdown compared to what we have seen over weeks of shutdown with COVID-19. And they indicated that it took almost two years to rebound from the three days following 9-11. What are you seeing from an industry profile in regards to how recovery might look from this? Well, nobody knows for sure, of course. So, you know, a lot of things have changed uh, over the past few years as far as, as technology goes. And travel is generally broken down into, you know, corporate business travel or leisure travel. Now, on the corporate business side, a lot of companies have sent their employees home. Uh, They've been doing virtual meetings on Zoom or Teams or the various platforms uh, that are out there. And there's some argument that, well, people have found out that, well, maybe they can conduct business that way and there will not be a need to fly to meetings anymore. I hope that's not true, but I could see how people could, could theorize that. Uh, On the leisure side, uh, I think leisure is going to snap back fairly quickly, and that's what we're seeing already here at the airport is people that have been stuck at home or cooped up, not been allowed to, you know, go on uh, on a vacation like they had planned. I think there is a a growing demand to say, I want to go to Fort Lauderdale, or I want to get out of here and go to Las Vegas. I don't care. I feel safe. Things are trending in the right direction. So I think people will start coming back on the leisure side. And I should add also that there are some incredible airfare deals out there right now because the airlines are enticing you to come back with some really, really low fares. So it's a great time to travel, but the uh, traveling public needs to feel safe about their experience. You know, personally, you know, I'm speaking for the airport and speaking for just kind of the industry. There have been so many steps taken to prevent the spread of infection, both in the airports and on the airplanes. Uh, I, I'm very comfortable flying, but you know the, the public has to feel the same way, and that will take some time. I, I just don't know how long. That's what I think is so interesting, that the leisure travelers will jump back before business travelers, but it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, and as we, we speak right now, not all businesses are open. You know, not every state has reopened, and I'll, I'll use New York City is uh, an example. A lot of New York is still shut down, and New York is one of our prime business markets. So uh, even if the people here locally 
want to fly to New York, the people that they would be doing business with in New York may still be closed. So there's there's not a a need to go back and forth right now. So uh, all that will will pass with time, and I, I wish I knew how long that time period would be. I hope it's sooner rather than later, but I just don't know. Yeah. And you mentioned that some of the lower fare carriers in our market are starting to pick up a little bit quicker than maybe the mainline carriers. I know that Allegiant Air has decided to go ahead and they had announced five new nonstops starting this summer earlier before all of this happened. Have they gone ahead and announced and moved forward and started those flights? They have. Uh, Four out of the five, anyway, are going to continue. Uh, Allegiant added two new markets out of here, Chicago Midway Airport and Austin, Texas. Those flights took off. Not a whole lot of people knew about them, but somehow they're carrying about you know, nearly half full flights uh, without really anyone promoting them. So, you know, they started out really well. And then two weeks later, Allegiant added new service to Houston Hobby Airport, uh, which is the, the, the quote-unquote other airport in Metro Houston. Again, very low fare service. People have found it, and they're traveling back and forth. Family members coming up here to go to the Smokies or to visit with the, their families here in East Tennessee. And our local people, you know, they might have families in Houston. They're, they're going down there. So Boston was a route that was uh, supposed to begin in the summer. They have, Allegiant has decided to delay that to the fall which really is a, not a bad deal. We'll be able to have some great fall foliage trips up to New England starting either September or October of this year. The one route that they have decided not to fly would be Myrtle Beach, just because the timing on it just couldn't work out. So they've decided to uh, delay that until probably next year. But four new routes from our low fare carrier. Again, that's Austin, Chicago, Midway, Houston Hobby, and Boston. We're, we're very happy to have that service, particularly in the current environment. And then some additional nonstop destinations have returned from Allegiant, right? They have. Allegiant flies several routes. It's called seasonal service. So basically, they'll fly them in the summer months or the winter months. Uh, so Las Vegas nonstops have come back. Our Allegiant service to Denver is back. Allegiant service to Baltimore, Washington is resumed. And service to Destin, Fort Walton Beach is back. So suddenly Allegiant is, in terms of flights, as we speak, Allegiant is probably our largest carrier, just in terms of flights and people and destinations. And that Allegiant is normally the third largest carrier at our airport. But for the time being, is is leisure comes back quicker than uh, business travel. You know, Allegiant's definitely in our top two carriers. So wow. we're, we're very happy to have that. And the legacy carriers have plans starting in July to continue to build on their schedules as well. So maybe the summer months will give us a good idea of what it's going to look like moving forward through the fall. Yeah, July is going to be the time when the American Deltas and Uniteds out there start rebuilding their schedules. In the case of American Airlines, American was flying roughly 23, 24 flights a day out of McGee-Tyson Airport prior to COVID-19. That dropped down to about eight flights a day. They suspended service to several key markets like New York and Washington National, Washington Reagan, pull back frequency on everything else. So they're, and, and that was directly because of the lack of demand to all those places. So uh, starting in July, we start seeing a lot of those flights come back. 
And same thing with Delta and United. Uh, but American is the, the largest of our carriers. American is our historically our largest carrier. And they're one of the first ones to put their traditional pattern of service back in. So we're excited about that. Now, and hopefully, again, this is looking into the future, but people need to support these flights in order for us to hang on to them. Uh, we know the demand is there because up until the middle of March, pretty much everything was running full out of this airport. So we need people to come back to make them a success. Well, and to do that, we need to make them feel comfortable and make them understand, provide information about what we're doing here at the airport, as well as what the airlines are doing to provide a safe environment for them to travel in. And so if you're listening and you want to know more about what we are doing or what the airlines are doing, I would encourage you to either visit the airline's websites. They have whole sections devoted to aircraft safety. Um, We have created on our website at flyknoxville.com an area that is a COVID update that talks about all the things that we're doing within the terminal building to prepare the space for you to come through our airport in a safe environment. So there's lots of information out there. And I would also encourage you to continue to follow us if you do on social media platforms, because that's where we post new updates. For example, Frontier Airlines announced as of June 1st, they would be doing temperature screenings of passengers as they get on board the aircraft. And that's a change. So if you're flying out on Frontier, that might be something that you need to be aware of. So looking at our social media, as well as our website before you come out or consider a trip is really important. Yeah, and things are changing so quickly, um, but airlines are doing a really good job of keeping their passengers updated on their social media accounts. So that brings us to a different side of aviation that has been impacted by the COVID pandemic, and that's air cargo, because I know that there have been lots of stories talked about and and put in the media about how people are at home and having to order things online to have them delivered to their homes. What does cargo look like at McGee Tyson Airport? Cargo has been it's been doing quite well over the last several months. Uh, it's down a little bit. The the key thing about cargo, uh, and and this is a generalization, but air cargo is a premium way to move a product from point A to point B. If you're not in a hurry to ship something or to receive something from the West Coast, put it on a truck and it'll take a week to get there, but it will eventually show up. If, if you need it there to, this afternoon or today or the day after tomorrow, air cargo is the way that, that stuff moves quickly, uh, not only across the country, but across the world. So historically, our air cargo operation here has been led by FedEx and UPS Airlines. A cargo historically it moves at night, so you know they will gather up all the packages during the daytime. They bring them out to the airport. They put them on an airplane that leaves out of here around 10 or 11 o'clock at night. It goes to a sort center. There's several around the country. The, the largest one is in Memphis with FedEx. And much like a passenger would go to Atlanta or Charlotte or Dallas and change planes, these, these packages are sent to a cargo hub where they're sorted, put on another plane. And about 5 or 6 a.m., the inbound airplane comes back to McGee-Tyson, and all of our packages destined here locally are put on trucks and, and taken to the end user. So, you know, most people, I think, are familiar with FedExing a letter or overnighting a letter. What a lot of people don't realize is that if you go to the U.S. Post Office and ship a priority mail package or a priority mail express, uh, all that's going on FedEx. FedEx has a contract to carry all that post office mail. So, you know, it's not just FedEx customers or UPS customers that are 
are using air cargo services, it's if you go to the post office and you need to send something to somebody tomorrow, you are using air cargo whether whether you know it or not. The big change that we have seen uh, since COVID-19 is that here locally, a lot of our air cargo was corporate driven. We carry a lot of auto parts that are from places, we'll say Denso here in, uh, in Blount County makes a lot of auto parts for manufacturers all around the country. And if assembly plant in Oklahoma or Kansas suddenly needs fuel injectors, they make a phone call and Denso loads up a bunch of fuel injectors and brings them out and they go on an airplane and off they go. Uh, you know, Pharmaceuticals are the same way, electronics, anything that's high value, uh, but time critical moves by air cargo. Well, with the the COVID-19 crisis, a lot of the manufacturing uh, centers around the country stopped. So suddenly, you know, our historic cargo users were not shipping anymore. However, you know, due to all that was going on with COVID, you know, suddenly you saw a pickup in as you mentioned, uh, people that were sitting at home ordering stuff on Amazon or the other various uh, online retailers, uh, a lot of that material flew back to us via air cargo. We carried quite a bit of medical supplies you know, going both inbound to our, our community as well as our, our people sending supplies to places like New York, some of the hot spots you know, around the country. So uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, medical supplies, personal protective equipment, you know, the PPEs, a lot of that stuff backfilled the, the, air, the cargo planes that lost a lot of their traditional corporate customers. So it worked out pretty well. Air cargo is a very, very important part of the U.S. economy, but really a lot of people don't pay much attention to it because it, it moves at night, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But uh, air cargo is really, really important to us. Uh, it's both as an airport and just as a Tennessean to have the, the level of air cargo that we have. So will this continue as the manufacturing segment gets back in business and factories are rolling again? You know, the, the traditional user of air cargo, in all likelihood, will start shipping by air cargo again. Is uh, the COVID-19 crisis is put behind us, you know, we won't see the medical stuff being shipped like we were. So I think it'll, over time, it'll move back to more of, of what we, we think moves by air cargo is what will move again. I don't know if people will continue to order off of online retailers at the level they have been. Uh, we'll see. But, you know, cargo is just a, a, a booming business that people don't really know a whole lot about. So we're, uh, we're blessed to have them here. Well, and for our listeners, FedEx and UPS handled almost 6.7 million pounds of cargo and mail in March. Yep. We're talking lots and lot. lots it of mail. It is a lot. Yeah. Uh, it is quite an impressive operation. Yeah. And that was still in March. That still wasn't when a lot of this was still going on, when people actually turned to doing a lot of their shopping online um, in April and May. So I'd be curious to see how that evolves and, and changes with our next reporting cycle. Yeah. I mean, we anticipate our passenger volume as we get into the April, May, June reporting period. Uh, we are confident that our passenger numbers are going to be down, you know, probably more than 90% year over year. I think our air cargo volume is going to be flat to maybe down less than 5%. Cargo has just been humming right along, you know, at a time that passenger service is really tanked. 
So we've talked a little bit about commercial aviation and cargo. What is corporate aviation looking like? How are those numbers? It's down. Corporate aviation is primarily used by businesses. And as businesses have been closed and people put on travel restriction, there there's not been the need to come out and hop on the company jet and fly off to a meeting in Dallas. People have not been traveling in on corporate jets over the last couple of months to meet with, with our people here to the extent that they have in the past. So just like businesses in general are down, uh, our, our corporate aviation is also down. That is almost directly tied to the economy. So when the economy ramps back up, as we all hope that it will, the, you'll see the corporate jets flying in and out of here lot like we have always had them. Uh, general aviation, as far as the smaller airplanes out there, uh, the leisure, you know, uh, leisure flyers, people want to get in their airplane and go fly around and enjoy themselves. Honestly, I don't know because that's, that's numbers that we don't really keep up with. Uh, an eyeball test of looking out the window and noticing that there aren't nearly as many of them flying as there used to be, I would, I would be very confident to say it is down as well, but it will come back also. The nice thing, if there is a nice thing about the current time period, is that fuel has gotten very cheap. So, you know, you go to the gas station, fill up your car. I think I paid $1.39 the other day. thought it was wonderful. Uh, airplane fuel has gotten you know, very cheap, too. So it's a lot more affordable to fly your pleasure airplane around than, than it has been in the past. So that will come back as well. Uh, but, it, you know, the, the big thing that we really think that we're missing out on right now is the corporate jets. And that's just directly tied directly to the, uh, the lack of business activity, both here and, and in other cities. So the overall theme of air service at McGee Tyson Airport right now is? Growth. Recovery. No, we, we think we have uh, bottomed out and we're looking forward to recovering. It's important. 2017, 2018, and 2019 were three consecutive record-breaking years for McGee-Tyson Airport. Uh, I mean, we have been on a incredible growth curve here over the more than just, just one year. And I, I think we reported 40, uh, maybe off by a month or two, 46 or 47 consecutive months of growth that ended with March of this year. Uh, so things have been really, really good at this airport for the past several years. We know the business is there. We know that our people like to fly out, and, and we have been done a, a good job with our tourism partners uh, developing an inbound market of people that want to come here to go to the Smokies. So uh, we know the demand is there. It's just a question of people getting comfortable getting back on airplanes again. And once that happens, you know, I'm very confident that you know, within a reasonable amount of time, uh, things will be good here at this airport once again. Thank you, Jim, for joining us today and talking to us and our listeners about all the things that have impacted aviation and passenger traffic, cargo, general aviation, all those things that contribute to the airport campus. Starting with the month of March, I know that we will see that continue to change as statistics come out for April and May, but it really has been eye-opening what you've shared with us. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting how, as Jim mentioned, you know, the first half of the month was booming. We had never been busier. And then the second half of the month, everything came to a halt. Um, like, for example, at the end of March, we saw over 100 round-trip flights canceled. 
in just a few weeks. That's a lot. We have about 120 per day. So it's amazing how many that is really for our market. Absolutely. And just Jim kind of touched on it. But, you know, um, as we look at at what March held here at McGee Tyson Airport, um, our total flight operations, which means the number of commercial flights, general aviation flights and military flights. This March, we had 8,892 compared to last March, which we had almost 11,000. So that's almost an 18% decrease. And then as Jim mentioned, airline passengers, we saw about 105,000 this March compared to last March, we saw 205. So that's 100,000 people. Oh my difference. goodness. Yeah. Um, so crazy. But, but as we mentioned, you know, March was just the beginning of this. So we will look and see what April and May held, which we know it wasn't a lot. Yeah. Well, and for those of you who are interested in who are following this and statistically want to follow this, we post all of our statistics to our website at flyknoxville.com after that they've been approved in mm-hmm. the following month. So, um, be sure to check out that webpage and, and search for stats and you'll be able to see how things happen. Or you can listen to future episodes of the podcast. I'm sure we'll mention how we're progressing as we move through this with you. And I also want to encourage listeners again, if you are considering travel or you're nervous about travel, lots of things are being done to try to make sure that we are ready whenever you are ready to travel. And and I would love for you to visit our website and continue to monitor our social media because we're going to be sharing those stories with you. Thank you for listening to this episode and please check us out at fromtherunwayup.com to subscribe to our podcast and listen to past episodes. And be sure to rate us on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. So thank you so much for tuning in and we hope that you'll join us again next time.